Hello, we're getting ready to start uh, our book study for today. We're still in Genesis. We're starting with chapter 16 today. And we'll see what the Lord has for us. I'm glad you're able to be with me. So today we'll be talking about Abram and Sarai. And Sarai's handmaid, Sarai Hagar. And what our lesson is going to help us learn is that God does not always answer our prayer in our time frame. But he does answer prayers. And that we need to learn to be patient and trust God that he will take care of us. All right, let's go ahead and get started with chapter 16, verse 1. It says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children. And she had an handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. So it starts off that they don't have any, Abraham and, or Abram and Sarai, they don't have any children. And in this time of history, that was a shame for a woman not to bear children during this part of history. Uh, it was important for them to bear children. And that, that went on for quite a long time. And uh, so she had a handmaid by the name of Hagar. It was a woman that helped her run the house and uh, worked for them. And most likely, when, uh, when Abram and Sarai were down in Egypt, and remember the story we looked covered uh, several times ago, that uh, Abram had said that he told the Pharaoh in Egypt that Sarai was his sister instead of his wife. Well, she was his half-sister, but he didn't say that she was his wife. Then God sent Pharaoh a dream and told him what was going on, and they kicked him out, but he had already given Abram a lot of, uh, a lot of animals and a lot of servants. And so this Hagar probably came from those people that he was given during that period of time when he was in Egypt. So let's move on to verse 2. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai. So we see here that Abram and Sarai, they are struggling, especially Sarai is struggling in that she doesn't have children. And uh, she's probably struggling in many ways. Like one, one way, she's probably just heart sick that she doesn't have children. It says over in Proverbs 13 and 12, it says, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. And her hope was being deferred and that she didn't have children yet. And so that it was making her very heart sick and she was longing to have children. And um, it's something that, you know, we have to learn to be patient. And she was struggling with being patient because she saw herself getting older and God was, in her opinion, God was not fulfilling his promise. However, God always fulfills his promises. And so she's kind of blaming God here. She says, the Lord hath restrained me 
from bearing. Well, at that point, that I guess that's true. But he had already promised them children, and God was going to supply them children in the way of, of Isaac. So she says, going unto my maid. So at this point, she wants to help God fulfill his promise to them. And she's telling her husband, Abram, why don't you go have children by my maid, Hagar, and that will be my child. Now, God didn't say that he that he was going to have, Abram was going to have children by another uh, woman. And uh, he could have, Abram had already talked about this over in chapter 15. He says, I have this Eliezer, Lord. Maybe he could be my heir. And the Lord was very clear with him, said, this shall not be thine heir. But he says, but he shall come forth out of thine own bowels and shall be thine heir. So it, he's going, it's going to be by Sarai that he's going to have children, not by his handmaid Hagar. And so, you know what it says over here in, in Genesis chapter 2. Let me turn the pages. It says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Abram needs to be cleaving to his wife and say, No, I'm not going to have children by Hagar. He should have told Sarai in a loving way, Hey, I know you're trying to figure this out, but let God do what God does. God is the miracle worker. God has promised us God will do what God has said he is going to do. We try to get in God's way and say, we're going to help you out, God, because you haven't done what you said you would do for me. But we cannot fulfill what God says he's going to do. God will take care of himself and us. We, we cannot help God along and say, well, God, I'll help you fulfill that prayer. God doesn't want us doing that. What God wants us to do is to pray, to fast, and put our faith in Him. Pray and fast about the situation. God wants that. He wants us getting ourselves in a position that He can use us. And He wants us to give Him praise. And He wants us to worship Him. But too often, instead of giving Him praise and worship, we are in the blame game. We're blaming God. Well, God hath restrained me from giving me from giving me children, she says. Well, this isn't your time. And maybe it isn't your time for whatever you're wanting or whatever you're asking God for. Maybe this isn't your time. But keep trusting God because he is going to give you what he sees is right for your life. You know, we are told that we will get the desires of our heart. And when that's going to happen is when our desires line up with God's desires. We need to spend our time worshiping God and getting our desires lined up with Him so that we can truly be the people God has called us to be. Otherwise, we're going to always be the people we want to be. And that won't help us. God wants us to be the people he wants us to be. And I want to be the person God is calling me to be so that he can use me the way he wants to use me. He is God. I am his creation. 
We need to remember that, that he is God. We are the creation. We have been put here to worship and to praise him, put our faith in him. He will take care of us. Let's keep going here. So what we're seeing now is Sarai, she's, she's disturbed. Verse number three. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. Now, I already read over there in chapter two, I'm going to turn to it again, that what Abram is supposed to be doing is cleaving to his wife, not turning to another woman to have children. He, uh, What we needed Abram to do when Sarai gave Hagar to him, Abraham should have stepped up and been the spiritual leader of his family. We need, we need more husbands to step up and be the spiritual leaders of their families. I'll tell you, too many, too many so-called Christian men are too busy with their minds on the on the the other women in the world. And we need to get our eyes off the other women of the world and get our eyes on God. Because if we've been given a wife, uh, you know, we need to cling to her and we need to seek God and we need to be the spiritual leader that God has called us to be. God wants us to lead our families. We need to stop chasing other women and doing all. I know this is hard preaching. But I'm telling you, men, we need to get our mind on our wives and seek only after our wife and not anyone else. God doesn't want us having another person on our mind, just our wife. She's been given to us as a wife, and we need to thank the Lord for that. And as we will be the spiritual leader of our family, our families will follow suit and be spiritual people for God. Let's keep going here. And, and he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. So Hagar gets pregnant by Abram, not surprisingly. But as she got pregnant, she started to look, look down on Sarai because in that day, if women couldn't bear children, they were looked down on by other women. And so what we see here in verse 5, And Sarai said to Abram, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between me and thee. Now I'm going to say right here, even though Sarai gave her to Abram, like I already said, he should have stepped up and been the spiritual leader of the family. So actually, I say what she's saying here is correct. In verse 5, she says, my wrong be upon thee. Even though she's probably in the wrong frame of mind, what she's saying isn't wrong. If Abram had stepped up and said, no, we are not doing this, God has promised us Abram and Sarai, not Abram and Hagar, but he had promised Abram and Sarai children, and they knew what God had promised them. 
They were supposed to cling to that promise. God does not fail. And again, I'm going to say it again. He needed to be the spiritual leader of his family. The only way we're going to be the spiritual leader of our family is spending time in prayer, taking our family to a good Bible-believing church, and bringing our family together for prayer and for Bible study. You know, it wouldn't hurt if we turned the TV off or turned the computers off and read the Bible with our family every night. You don't have to spend the whole night reading the Bible with your family. Spend, spend a few minutes doing that. Reading the Bible, looking at what God's Word says. And at that point, kneeling down with your family and praying. That's going to bring them to God. We wonder why, as our children become teenagers, we start losing them. It's because they are seeking for something. They are seeking for God, and they don't even know what they're seeking for. But I'll tell you, I'm speaking to you husbands. By the time you have children that are teenagers, you are old enough to know how to lead your family. And old enough, I mean, that you need to be leading your family spiritually. Too many men are forsaking this idea of leading their family spiritually. And they're giving it over to the world. I'm going to tell you, if you won't, Teach your children what is right. Somebody else will teach your children what is wrong. Because they are hungry to be taught. They don't know that they're hungry to be taught, but that's what they're looking for. Disciple your children. Lead them in the right way. Bring them to God. You can do it. You can absolutely do it. Let me keep going here. Uh, verse 6. But Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarai dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. In some ways, I'm in support of Abram here. At least he is uh, he's supporting Sarai. Because uh, Hagar is looking down on her. Scripture says despising her uh, and making her feel bad. And in another way, I don't support Abram in that, um, you know, she's carrying his child. But I do understand that they're, they're, they couldn't stay together. There was a problem there. And so they had to be separate. And we're going to see that actually a little bit later, but not in this chapter. Let's keep going. In verse 7, And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Shur. And most likely, when Hagar left uh, Abram and Sarai's house, she was probably heading back to Egypt to her family, which it would have been a good journey for her to go. And being pregnant, it was going to be a hard journey for her walking through that desert. And the angel of the Lord, uh, probably, you know, the uh, pre-incarnate Jesus, the angel of the Lord found her by the fountain of water in the way to Shur. And verse 8 says, And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid. It's an interesting way he addressed her. Hagar, Sarai's maid. Sarai's had already put her out of the house, but the but this the angel of the Lord said, Hagar, Sarai's maid. He was very clear about that. Whence, he says, Whence comest thou? And whither wilt thou go? 
And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress Sarai. And understandably, she did. They were having a big dispute, unfortunately, which uh, was caused by Abram not stepping up and being the leader of his household. And so let's keep going here. Let's see. Uh, and the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress and submit thyself under her hands. In other words, obey what she's telling you. So she, angel of the Lord said, I want you to go back. Now, I don't know how far she had come, but I think she'd come at least a good distance, good, pretty good distance. When I look on the map, she had gone a pretty good distance, but she's told to go back. So that's what's going to happen here, I'm sure. And verse 10, And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. Now, the angel of the Lord is giving her a blessing. Isn't this interesting? That it says that her seed, her descendants, uh, shall, they're going to be not numbered because there's going to be so many of them. And this, this is a wonderful blessing that she's been given here by the Lord. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. And, and so this is the first person in the Bible that is named before they are born. And so the name of this child is going to be Ishmael, meaning God hears. She was probably going along there praying. And Ishmael is uh, the father of the Arab people. I know the Arab people and the Jewish people have a lot of disputes amongst each other. But, uh, you know, God gave the, the line of Ishmael a promise. And now verse 12 says, and he will be a wild man. Ishmael, that is, <clears throat> his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Now, certainly we see a lot of violence going on over in the Arab world. They're killing more of each other than they're probably killing of the Jewish people. But the Lord had said it would be that way that he would be a wild man and his hand will be against every man. But what God says will be. And we need to remember that and trust in the Lord and what he says. Uh, verse 13 says, And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God seest me. For she said, I, I have I also here looked after him that seeth me. Wherefore the well was called Bir Lahiroi. Behold, it is between Kadesh and Bered. And Kadesh is at the southern part of Israel. And so this, uh, this well she was at was at the southern part of Israel and over to the west. And so she, based on this, she had traveled a pretty good distance. Uh, several hundred miles at least. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe, let me think about that. Uh, I'd say one to 200 miles. So she had gone quite a ways. 
before she encountered the angel of the Lord. And so 15 says, And Hagar bare Abram a son, and Abram called the son's name, which Hagar bare Ishmael, because the Lord said his name would be Ishmael. And Abram was fourscore and six years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abram. So that would be uh, 86 years old. Now that's pretty old for us. And these days, we wouldn't be thinking about having children at that age. But in this day and age, it was still, he still had a long time to live. I believe he lived to 175 years old. So he had a long time to go. So we see here now that Abraham has had a child uh, by Hagar. And God has given a blessing to Ishmael. But we have to remember that Ishmael is not the son of promise. The son of promise is going to come through Sarai. And we have to remember that that, that son will be called Isaac. And it's still to happen, for, not for many years still. They still have to wait many years for the son of promise, the one he, the Lord has promised them to come, is for that to happen. And they have to learn patience, and they don't have patience right now. Have you got patience to wait on the Lord for what he has said in his word to happen in your life? Are you willing to wait? I'll tell you what you don't have to wait for. You don't have to wait for the Lord to save you from your sins. He will save you today from your sins. He wants to take you out of that sinful world and give you a new life right now. But, you know, if you are saved, maybe you're praying about some things in your life that haven't happened yet. Learn to trust the Lord. He wants to work in your life. But sometimes we have things that we have to learn to wait on. And what's that song? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall run and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. It's a great song. Lord, help us to be patient. We need it because it's hard to be patient. We need to learn it. There is strength in patience. That's the end of our lesson for today. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll see you again on our next lesson.